today on the Agency Scaler podcast, we are talking about outbound growth hacking. And I have Jonathan Sorez, CEO of Agency Labs with me today. What's going on, Jonathan? Hey, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Of course I would have you. You're one of my favorite people in the world. Well, and we're like besties, so it makes sense. <laughs> so um, quick aside, if you ever get the chance to have dinner with this guy, make him take you to a Korean barbecue and <laughs> order bulgogi. It will change your life. I think I still smell from that meal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, just introduce yourself a little bit um, in terms of what Agency Labs does, who you guys work with, and um, we can start from there. Sure. Uh, Agency Labs is a web, mobile, and software development firm that exclusively works with agencies. Uh, We don't take on any direct clients. Uh, We've carved a unique niche of just supporting agencies of all sizes. So whether you're in New York or LA and you're in a bind or have a massive project you need to figure out how to build you know we're the go-to team that helps a lot of cool organizations build a lot of awesome products awesome um so let's dive in uh agency owners spend a ton of time prospecting and you and i know that that can be done a little bit more efficiently um Mm -hmm. so how can if they're gonna these agency owners and maybe like their biz dev people um they want to What's the first step that they should take in order to really understand who their client is and how to find them online? So I think LinkedIn is, is the best source to figure out exactly who you want to target. Um, it's a great it's a great search system that allows you to you know go through and figure out you know specific titles that you want to target, who the individuals are, um, size of the organization, um, geographic radius to where you are. Um, and then from there, you know, there's a lot of tools you can use that can help you extract that data and manage it into a list. Um, there's two trains of thought in terms of either, you know, putting your own list together and using these mediums or using like a third party database or platform that has a pre-existing list. A lot of that really depends on the agency who's in charge of sales. If it's an agency owner that's, you know, a smaller shop that's really spearheading sales, he might want to maximize his time and look for more turnkey solutions. If there's a sales team out there, uh, you might want to have uh, the ability for them to prospect down their own and build out lists um, independently from what the agency itself is going to provide to their sales team. And what are some of the different databases and things like that that you use or that you've seen other agencies use? So the two that I use, I've actually used as, as I kind of reach out to uh, agencies. So the List Inc. and uh, Redbooks, those are two uh, databases that have... There's two verticals they cover, uh, both uh, an agency directory and also to uh, a direct client directory. And they'll have a list of the company, you know, revenue size, annual spend, brands, team members, emails, phone numbers, addresses, you name it. Um, and they have hundreds of thousands of contacts. So if you're a biz dev person at an agency and you're looking at who, which brands to target, that's a great you know one-stop shop. Uh, the one caveat to that is, you know, cleansing those databases can take a lot of time because they're not always updated fairly regularly. And yeah, some of the data- I was going to ask you, I know it's a paid subscription. Like, how accurate is that data? Yeah, I mean, usually about fifty to sixty percent of it is accurate. There's probably about you know forty percent or so that's not. Uh, I use two tools for cleansing. Uh, one of them is a tool called Bright Verify. Uh, it's B-R-I-T-E verify.com. I'm sure you'll post it on the show later. Yeah, but, uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a tool that you can actually upload a CSV file 
with uh, your email list and for a penny per uh, lookup, it'll actually check which emails are valid and valid just so before you actually send out your campaign, you've actually verified the list before so you don't get you know higher marks of spam. Right. Um, once you've done that, if you really want to you know, figure out a prospect's email address, we actually built our own tool called Verify HQ. Uh, and what you do is you take your CSV file and it takes the first name, last name, and domain name and it acts as our email permutator so it creates the 15 most logical combinations of someone's email address. <laughs> it validates it and outputs um, what the, the verified email address is. That's crazy. That's most, yeah, I mean, I was spending hundreds if not thousands of hours like pulling my own list together and it was just taking so much time so we started building out our own like small micro solutions internally to help me expedite that process and that was one of the ideas we came up with. Oh, that's like growth hacking at its finest. <laughs> yeah, especially since I have a team of developers here, you know, it, it's great that if I tell them, hey guys, I'm having this kind of a problem, you know, they're, you know, very reticent to go and figure out how to fix it. So it's always awesome to have. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so speaking about, like, uh, we're talking about outbound growth hacking. Um, one of the tools that I love on my site and some of my agency clients' site um, to find unknown prospects is Lead Feeder. Um, that's a great one. And then also for uh, scraping different internet pages so that you can get um, contact information without having to do like a crazy copy and paste. I like dataminer.io and I'll post the notes to both of those in the show notes. But like, what are some of your other favorite ones? So I do a lot of prospecting on LinkedIn. Uh, it's probably where I spend like 90% of my time. And a lot of the lists uh, that I put together, I, I still do manually to some extent. So I'll use uh, Lead IQ, uh, which is a great tool that you can piggyback off of a really robust search, scrape LinkedIn, put a prospect list together dynamically, and boom, I, you know, you've got a, a robust list. I think I, last week I put a, a list together of like 9,000 prospects in less than a day. Like it's, that's to me is tremendous. That would have taken me a month to do. That's what I was going to ask you. What's, what was the differential of when you were doing that just manually before versus using Lead IQ? Yeah, I mean, I'd be, you know, poking my eyes out, just going through spreadsheets, rows of thousands of data. But it, you know, it's good because a lot of people will just, you know, wham and spam and just, you know, cast a wide net and, you know, they don't know who they're prospecting. So taking a more manual approach going through each lead allows me to actually do some due diligence to see even if it is a relevant prospect for me to reach out to. So that part of the process, uh, it's not as fun, but it's definitely, you know, uh, I think more rewarding as a salesperson to take that time to do that. Yeah, well, it's going to basically ensure your, you know, deliverability. It's worth all the time in the world. Yeah, no, totally. Um, and then... Go ahead. Oh, sorry. The other tool for LinkedIn is um, eLink Pro, and that's uh, a profile viewer. Probably one of the most uh, unique tools I've ever used. The idea is if I look at your profile, you're looking to look at my profile, and it creates a warm connection. So if I shoot you an email after I see that you looked at my profile, uh, I've, I'm in top of mind in some capacity. Mm -hmm. So uh, with this tool, you can actually look at you know five, six, seven hundred profiles on a daily basis automatically. So I just enter my search. Um, that's very targeted and I can look at those profiles and I get probably, you know, thousands of profile views on my LinkedIn, uh, just because of that. And you don't hit any kind of cap, like even if you're using like the non-paid version of LinkedIn. So I, I have a paid version. Um, I've tried it with the unpaid version and, uh, there's not really a cap. Uh, there's limitations with search. 
So sales, the LinkedIn uh, uh, sales pro, whatever it is. Sales it, navigator. Sales navigator, there you go. Thanks. Uh, the, the, the search fields are like 10 times more robust than your just unpaid search. Right. So you can get really granular at who you're looking at. Um, the other thing too is that the way LinkedIn works is that uh, you can only look at a thousand profiles at a clip. So if you pull a search, you've got twenty thousand re results. These tools will only pull the first thousand, and then you've got to figure out a way to go after the next thousand. But LinkedIn puts you know issues or puts parameters in there to prevent that. So what I'd rather do is do smaller lists that are more targeted, so that I'm not you know losing out on you know thousands of other prospects just because I want to do a more a broader search. Right. Right. Um, so take us through, like from a growth hacking perspective, take us through once you understand who you're, you want to target, you use a couple of these tools to actually get their information by scraping, using uh, lead IQ, using a couple of different data mining solutions, databases, what have you, mm -hmm. then where do you go from there? What's the actual outreach? So now that I've kind of done all this like initial, you know, pre, pre groundwork, um, I'm going to go back and look at my overall sales cycle. And at this point, I've already kind of built up what my funnel is going to look like or what my outreach campaign or strategy is going to be. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, all right, I've, I've looked at these profiles. I've pulled these databases together. I've cleansed them. I've done that. Now I'll take them and put them into a drip campaign. I use Mailshake for that. It's a really great tool. It connects to my Gmail. And it, I can send out anywhere from you know, three, four, or 500 you know, emails on a daily basis. And I have a targeted you know, drip approach where... I'm not, you know, following back up with people like every three to five days, which most of us get those emails. It's like, hey, I emailed you yesterday. Oh, by the way, I emailed you tomorrow. Wait, leave me alone. <laughs> Email me. Uh, it just it drives me nuts. Like salespeople are like too aggressive, and I think a lot of that is because a lot of organizations put, you know, really aggressive um, metrics or quotas in place that are just really not sustainable, and it's more detrimental to a salesperson than anything else. For me, I, I value and appreciate a, a softer sell um, and a, like a longer-term relationship-building sell where I'll reach out to someone every four to six weeks. So I'll do the initial outreach. If I don't hear from them, you know, obviously you know, I'm going off of a, broad, a very broad list. I'll come back in a four- to six-week cycle um, and then circle back to them. And typically, like, if you don't respond to someone in four to six weeks and you get an email saying, hey, I emailed you a month ago. You never got back to me. What's going on? psychologically you'll feel bad um, because it's a shit ton of time <laughs> and most of the time I'll get a response back from someone that says oh I'm so sorry it's been crazy busy you know would love to chat right. um, as opposed to me emailing them every three days at that point they're like leave me the hell alone I don't want to talk to you right you know? but it's all about the messaging too right like so in order to to get someone to feel bad about not emailing you four weeks ago or six weeks ago you probably put some really uh, high value prop messaging inside of that initial like cold email, right? Like, can you talk a little bit about that? I don't. It's it's just very very basic and casual in all my emails. I don't do any um, specific content. I'm not sharing links or articles or things of that nature. It's very casual. Like I would email a friend of mine. It might be like, hey, you know, my name is Jonathan Soares. I'm the founder of Agency Labs. Came across your site. You know, I love X Y Z project. And I also checked out your, your LinkedIn page, and I saw you looked at mine. Let's connect. I'd love to learn more about what you guys do. So you, you know, don't even talk about your services at all or, or more so like the value that you're providing or the, the pain point that you're solving? Soft sell. So 
if you don't if you don't lead with that, there's a great greater likelihood that they might want to you know do you know research on their own. We live in an information society. People are curious and they have access to you know mediums that can you know present them information quickly and easily. So for me to go, go through and list like a three or four paragraph pitch no, on like no. you know you know what I'm saying it just yeah. it's that softer approach that leaves them hanging and wants them to learn more like oh wow who are these guys or why isn't he selling me or what does he actually want and then from there you know you know, you rely on them to hopefully you know engage in that capacity and what's your response rate typically from that I mean because it just seems like it might be a little bit on the vague side and I know you know a lot of the people that are listening um, whenever we talk about any type of outreach, especially cold outreach, it's kind of like, yeah, you don't want to talk about services. You don't want to talk about features, but at least give them an understanding as to like why you're reaching out to them and kind of what's in it for them. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm just curious, like what's the response rate when you're being so soft in the approach that it could kind of borderline be a little bit vague? Sure. So it's not necessarily a cold outreach because I've already done my LinkedIn kind of soft warm selling because I've looked at their profile, they've looked at mine. They've looked at yours. Okay, so that's, have, that's like, a qualification for what you're talking about. Yeah, there's that. I may have like, found them on Twitter. I'll retweet a few things that I think are interesting on their profile or, you know, I'll you know, see where their you know Instagram profile is and maybe follow them on Instagram. So like at that point they're like, who the hell is Jonathan Soares? So like, what is this guy? <laughs> and they kind of know like who I am, like what I, you know, what, what I do. So when I reach out to them, it's like, you know, it's it's very casual in that regard. And uh, it, it kind of hints at, you know, who we are in our service offering and people can put two and two together. I like to put something, maybe a line in there that's very brief that might say, you know, I'd love to learn about your engineering team and and find ways that, you know, we might be able to support you. Okay. You know, if you, so, something small, but it's like, that is like the you know, the most insignificant part of the email, yeah. uh, in my opinion. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, so once I've, I've done that, I've gone through that process, they're really a slightly warmer lead at that point. So when they've gotten my email, um, my, you know, rates are, are fairly high. Like, I'm probably, if I had to guess, I don't know, 20, 30, 35%, maybe 40% open rates, if not more. Um, I mean, it's one of those, the other thing too is that as a, a development partner reaching out to an agency, agencies inherently have an emotional aspect to their business model. It's a high pressure production related environment where if they have to appease a client or get a project done, emotions are racing. So when they have a vendor that reaches out, that's not an offshore company or a one-off freelancer or someone that is just spamming the hell out of them someone that has a reputable book of business, client roster, great portfolio that they feel comfortable with. I can't tell you how many emails I get responses. Oh my God, I was, you know, we've been looking for someone like you or I was just going to email you back. Thanks for reaching back out to me. Mm -hmm. That, you know, the ability to touch on that nerve or that emotion when you're emailing someone um, has worked to my advantage. Yeah. On the caveat, so when you're an agency selling into a direct client, and in my previous business, all I did was sell direct clients. I did headquarter calls for um, grocery store companies of all sizes across the country, from Walmart to Safeway, Food Lion, you name it. 
So I was reaching out to buyers to get my products into those grocery stores. And I know what, you know, what it's like to, you know, be on that side of the table. Um, A lot of that approach, it's, it's the right combination of persistence. Um, but also to, you know, respect and courtesy of those individuals time. And one thing I've seen over the years is that, you know, our, you know, personal space has gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. So when you're like actively going after somebody and intruding on their space, you know, cold calling and stuff, things of that nature, I think there's a place for cold calling. Um, but I think it's less, it's getting less relevant uh, than it used to be. Um, again, industry specific, but in the marketing services industry, most people, you know, they're inundated with technology all day long, less than they want some random person giving them a phone call saying, hey, this is what I do. Um, so I will actually incorporate cold calling at the very end of my sales cycle after I've kind of exhausted all of these other, you know, steps in my drip campaign. Uh, that way it's, it's a less intrusive process. And after I've gone through that, I try and give the prospect maybe one or two last chances to reach out to me. And then I'd probably qualify it as like a, as a you know non-starting lead and just move on to, to the next. Right. Okay. But yours is really based on volume, right? I mean, you're sending out thousands and thousands of these things, uh, probably either daily or weekly. I would say um, probably like 500 emails on, on a on a weekly basis, okay. up to a thousand maybe, uh, but but very targeted. So that list I've been kind of funneling down, you know, over the past four years. So it's allowed me to really refine exactly who I'm reaching out to. And then I have a list of like 100 or 150 plus agencies that we keep in active communication with that we're always kind of checking in, seeing how things are going and how their production cycles are going. So it's kind of a balance between, you know, you know new business and kind of maintaining existing business. Right. So uh, I think re-engagement a lot of, strategy. What's that? Re-engagement strategy. Yeah, because a lot of people that, you know, they're just constantly going after the next deal. And they're missing out on a lot of um, recurring business from existing clients, especially at larger companies where there's different departments, different verticals. Like once you get your foot in the door at a larger organization, there's trickle down of new business that you can pull from that you might not even known about. But it's about getting involved in that organization and kind of understanding the inner workings and then leveraging that and leveraging your initial point of contact to introduce you to other departments and build it out from there. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many people have done one project for one company and then tossed on their website as a portfolio piece and then never work with them again. And it's like that's Procter and Gamble, but it's Unilever. Like they have, you know, a bajillion dollars in you know budget to do all sorts of crazy stuff. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so as we're wrapping up, just leave us with you know what is your if you had to put kind of like. Put the stake in the sand. What's your number one favorite prospecting tool aside from you know LinkedIn? I know that you use that a lot, but your your best prospecting tool from the standpoint of growth hacking. It's tough. Like that. I mean, LinkedIn for me. I, I know it's. Uh, I talk about it a lot. It's just, it's it's really powerful. Um, the other tool that I that I use pretty regularly is Product Hunt. I know it's more of a platform, but I'm constantly on product hunt seeing what new tools are hitting the market just so I can test them out and see what new tools I can leverage to kind of expand upon, you know, my growth hacking initiatives. The thing about growth hacking is that it's always growing and evolving. So you want to keep up to speed on the latest and greatest tools and methodologies. So that's something that aside from the tools that I mentioned, keeping up to speed on, you know, the latest and greatest tech is really, really important. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. No problem. Thanks for having me. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Take care.